On a dark and stormy night in a town at the base of a mountain, a train is pulling into its station. As the train comes to a stop, the doors open, and three cloaked figures emerge from inside. They step out onto the platform and immediately make their way through the station, out into the streets of this town called Pokerock. As they wander through the rain, they come across a tavern called the Screaming Seahorse. Before they enter, a small hawk fox creature flies down from the rain clouds and lands on one of the figure's shoulders. And they open the door to the tavern. Two of the figures take seats at a table in the back. But one of them moves over to old piano in the corner. They unfurl their cloak and sit down on the piano seat. A nearby Goliath shouts over from his table towards the figure at the piano, yelling, Hey! Who are you guys? What are you even doing here? What's even your backstories and stuff? What are you going to do, play us a song or something? The figure at the piano removes their cloak, revealing their tiefling horns and tattoos around their neck. They turn around and give a smile and a wink to the Goliath and whisper something under their breath. Immediately as they do, dozens of tiny little instruments magically appear around them, They swing back towards the piano and start to make some music. Wow, why is he playing like this in a while? 
like a chameleon. <laughs> sure, I'm green, but I'm a lot like you. Just from across the plain or two. It's just a matter of time before he drops the Feywild line. You may have guessed I'm royalty. So what's this treasure that I seek? Okay, so you guys all just finished doing your little ditty, and all these rough and tough looking individuals are just staring at you, just jaws open. What would you like to do? They're clearly in awe of us, right? Yeah, they're pretty, well, you can't really tell if they're impressed or just in shock. Just to kind of finish everything I'm going to say, around on me! They all cheer. <laughs> They're all like, yeah! They're, okay, yeah, sure! Sing us another song! What just came over me? I'm not too <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, I don't... I don't know what just happened. Normandy possessed us. I'm almost 100% certain. Scratch that. 110% certain. <laughs> I agree. By the way, Norman, uh, that round, uh, that's coming out of your budget. That's not, uh, that's not coming out of mine. I yeah, DM, that. 
how much would that be for, to grab to, for a round for everyone in this room here? You, is, you guys have to pay some gold here, Normandy. Well, I probably think probably a couple silver pieces. 80 gold. There's no silver in this world. There's only gold. Oh, I forgot about that. One currency system. Okay, fine. Take it out. 80 gold. Yeah. I keep tickling Um, the ivories and I say, guys, I don't know about you, but that felt really organic. It was kind of like as if it was scripted. It was it was amazing. We all came together and everyone was singing. It was it was beautiful. You're right. Another round on Normandy. Well, let's not get carried away. (laughs) Another round. You hear gold coins hitting the floor from Normandy's pocket. (laughs) He's packing everyone. He just saved the king. A month ago. All right. So, do you guys want to go to sleep now? Yeah, I, I'll go up to the kind of the bartender, whoever's kind of man- managing uh, the store, and just mm-hmm. say, uh, "Hello, could I get um, could I get a couple of rooms, please?" Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, how many are you looking for? Two. Uh, me and Darian, and then uh, Normandy will have his own. As long <laughs> as there's separate beds. <laughs> uh, we have bunk beds. Doesn't matter to me. Oh, yeah, bunk, bunk beds is fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, two rooms, that'll be 10 gold each, so 20 gold. That's coming Just out one of night? team budget. And I <laughs> dropped uh, 20 gold on the counter. All right. Uh, and you have rooms for the night. I would like... Just to kind of recompense some of my losses, I'd like to play for maybe an hour into the night with my accordion case open. See if I can get any money back. Make a performance check. Ah, uh, yeah! Just like episode one. 19! Uh, you get about half back, so you got 40 gold back, which is pretty good. Boom, baby. All right, good night, everyone. They are all impressed with your musical talents. Oh, yeah. So later when uh, Zippy and I are, you know, we're in our room, we're in our bunk beds. Zip, what, uh, do you want top bunk, top bunk or bottom bunk? Mm, top bunk, but you'll have to lift me. <laughs> sure. And I, uh, I toss him up. <laughs> Woo! Spring, uh, it bounces a little. I like <laughs> it up here. I'm so powerful. <laughs> Everything's kind of about power with you, isn't it? I'm a powerful bunny. You, uh, I don't know any other Lapine who's done as much as I have. <laughs> that's uh, that's true. I'm sure, I'm sure. There's not many who've done quite as much as you have. I go and you know, kind of dim the lights, and and when I'm lying in my bottom bunk or, or sitting there for for a second, um, Darian speaks up. You know, Zip, I uh, I've always wanted to just to, to try out bunk beds. I uh was an only child and uh, never really got to experience anything like this before. This is uh, this is kind of fun, actually. You, you think this is cool? Try octuple beds. This huge. The 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 bunny burrows. <laughs> oh man, they go very deep. And and my siblings and I. Well, there's only ever one room. All the other rooms are used for storage for the carrots for the for the for the winter harvest. That doesn't sound very structurally sound. It's not. There's so much dirt around. It's all soft. If, if you fell, well, maybe we can. Um, maybe we can go sometime. You can. You can show us. I always got the sixth highest bed. The other two, my older siblings. I don't want to talk about them and their privileges that they got being on the higher bunks. What were their names? I said I don't want to talk about. Them. You're right. I'm. I'm sorry. That was very insensitive. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get some rest in the morning. We'll 
We'll go around, get our supplies. Uh, we should see what options we have for transportation. That's well, that's the main reason we're here, is to, to see what we can get in Poker Rock. Yes, um, I think that'd be best. Uh, transportation is what we need. Um, I'm excited. I, uh, I knock on the wall a couple times. Hey, Norman, you okay over there? Royce? Royce? Is that... Is that you? Uh, Norman, I... I were you asleep oh, already? Oh, I, I... Oh, I wasn't praying. I, um... I kind of put my medallion away. Oh, I... I... Never mind. I, yeah, I was totally sleeping. Uh, yeah, yeah, what's up? What? No, I just... Just was making sure you were okay. Oh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, good night. Uh, alright. That's, That's, uh... That seemed a little fishy, Darian. Yeah, did... Did he just pray? say he was praying to the Lord of the Deep? Do you think That's... he was really sleeping, though? He seemed like he just blatantly lied to us. Why wouldn't he Why wouldn't he be honest with us? I know, that's... I think we can just leave him to it for now. It's, you know, we're allowed to have some privacy, you know? I let everything air. That's why I don't wear clothes. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Alright, let's get some rest. So each of you go to sleep. And you know how we had all that dream stuff in season one, and every time you slept, there was a new thing. You guys, since it's been a bit of a time skip, about a couple days, pretty much a week, uh, and you've slept in that time, you know now that whenever you guys sleep, you always end up in the same white space that you met Viso, the god of dreams, in, Hmm. but nothing ever happens. So you, Zippy, Darian, Normandy, and Paige always share this dream space for the night. Um, but nothing ever happens. Everything's always just the same. Uh, so you wake up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Playing go fish the I whole can't time. Get rid of these people. Not even in my <laughs> dreams. Even Paige. yeah. I'm just gonna start meditating from now on. Uh, I don't need to sleep. <laughs> Can you teach me, Darian? Oh, maybe we could try. Then we could do that together too. That um, you know, maybe I'll keep that to a me thing. Well, let's get uh, let's get Norman and let's uh, let's go see what we can find. So the three of you jump out of your beds Woo! to a new morning, a new day, a new season, and you head out of the tavern and into the Poker Rock streets. So now that it's daytime, you can see Poker Rock a little bit clearer. Uh, you can see that where you're at currently, it's it's a bit of a small city at the base of this giant mountain. But also on the mountain, you notice that there are houses and a path that kind of spiral up the mountain to the top where there's another city, um, just right at the peak. But at the bottom city, uh, you also notice that there's a large open stone door pathway that leads inside the mountain. But all of this is considered poker rock. It's all one thing. But from where you're at in the city streets, you can see heat coming from the big open mountain doors. It's like, it's so hot that, you know, when on a hot summer day, you can see kind of waves or ripples in the air in the distance. It's like that. But also you hear the clanging of steel uh, just off in the distance. But you also notice that Poker Rock is a lot different from Orem. So Orem was all, you know, gold and nobles and everyone was pretty well dressed and everyone, it was very multicultural as well. In Poker Rock, you see it's much more humble. Uh, a lot of the people here uh, are wearing clothes that are stained with oil or just overalls, like working man clothes. And instead of it being very multicultural, almost everyone here is dwarves. As well as them being just, you know, humble, 
and not having gold streets and everything. Instead, they have huge advances in technology. They have these steampunk style streetcars that go through the cities and up the mountain to the top city. Um, and just these kind of railways and tram systems that are really technologically advanced for this fantasy world. So that's kind of the gist of Pokerock. But as you guys get out into the street and you're looking around, you see a horse-drawn wagon pull up in the street next to you. And it's very familiar because on the side it says, Valentine the Cursed Curiosity Collector. <laughs> and it's this purple wagon and you see the horses like stop and then the back door of the wagon opens up and a handsome elf in a blue bathrobe with moons and stars on it pops his head out and he's like, Oh, hello! My favorite customers! How random this is! I didn't follow you here at all! Uh, what are you, what are you guys doing here? Adventuring! It's, it's great to see you. You sound just like you did in Season 1. Of course. <laughs> it's very consistent. Uh, yeah, adventuring. Cool. Uh, what, do you think you might need some, some cool magic items for your adventures? No, piss off! Okay, I, th- I thought that was a long shot. No! You know, you get one customer in your whole life, and then they backstab you. I'm just kidding! Come back! I I, re- I think my... Darian gave me a little pinch on the back. I'm sorry for being rude. What? Oh, thank you for the apology. That's that's the first. I'll collect those as well now. Um, Does that translate into currency, like, points for your shop or something? Nope. Okay. I wish... But hey, if there was a program, you'd be you'd be the top customer in that department. Hey. Well, uh, I think we've got a little bit of gold to burn with some of our reward money from before. Why don't we why don't we stop in and take a look? Do you have anything new? Give me a catalog. Oh yes, <laughs> I have lots of new things. Here's a word document. <laughs> when he unravel and he unravels this large scroll and it's a list of all the things he has for sale. But also, when you step inside the wagon, just like before, it opens up into a much larger space. It's kind of, and Darian, you can tell when crossing in that this is kind of like a pocket plane. Um, and, you know, there's lots of things on the shelves. It's it's draping purple fabric all over. And, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of stuff hanging around. I'm only looking um, for one just, thing when I go in there. Oh, yeah? Tell me. Is the void chest still in there? Oh, you better believe yes. it is. I'd like I to haven't use touched it all since of you our did. gold to put it all in there. All 20,000 okay, okay, gold Okay, hold pieces. up, hold up. Hold up, fellas. Look, we got 5,000 gold as some reward money. That's 1,600 each with 200 and change. We already used 20 for our uh, stay at the inn. And uh, so that's, you know, we've got about 160 or 180 communally, but each get our own 1,600. You cannot spend the other 1,600 unless you ask for permission. But you get 1,600 hey, guilt. Darian, knock, knock. Who's there? Darian. Darian who? <laughs> downer, downer, downer. And I'm going to take my that ledger here. That was so here. like him. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm going to take your ledger here and uh, mark off an extra 100 gold. No! Um, what? You're that's not going back the gold? It's going what? back into the communal fund. You're not the, you're not the secretary of treasure? Has anyone else here had any kind of formal, formal, tra- formal training in fiscal matters, accounting, treasury? Yes, I, I, we, we as young people, uh, as young Lapines, get our our own plots of land. I've met, I've mentioned this before. I had my own carrot row, and I was managing it. While they talk, I go and I put 150 gold pieces into 
Valentine's hand. I want to use the, the void chest. Oh, you got it, buddy. Um, and he leads you over to the void chest. It's just this kind of normal, plain-looking chest. Uh, but he opens it up, and you look inside, and it's kind of like the night sky. It's it's the void. Uh, you give him the 150, and he says, Well, you know the drill. Reach your hand in. Let's see what you get. Oh, boy. Um, so for first-time listeners, while he's doing this, the void chest is this random item generator. I don't even know what's in it. I don't know the extent of what random items that can come out of this thing, but we're going to find out together right now. You ready? I look at Darian and Zippy, and I say, Wish me luck, guys. And I put my hand into I'm, the chest. I'm still, I'm still arguing with Darian. Look, look, I, if I have to do this again, I, my name's Sippy Westboro. Clearly, you didn't understand the first time. This my Sippy, story. I've heard this I, story I, countless I've, times. <laughs> well, then get, get, get your facts straight. I'm the fiscally responsible one. Oh wow, guys, look at this! It is a. Oh my <laughs> word! Look at what you pulled. Would you like to describe it? I'm kidding. I'm the only one that knows what you pulled. It looks like a tiny chest. It's like you pulled a tiny chest from a regular chest. It's like one of those Russian dolls. <laughs> Where's Russia? I've never heard of that place. This one's special. Russia's cool. It's it's you'll find it eventually. It's it's a cool chest though. This one specifically keeps you warm whenever you're not wearing pants. <laughs> what a good find! <laughs> <laughs> oh man! You know, keep that close to the chest. Give that to me. <laughs> I'm pants. never wearing pants. That's true. Uh, maybe I can sell it to you. Mm, no, I'm always warm. That's why I have the fur. Dang it. You know, <laughs> Look, that's the thing it. with the goat with the with the void chest is the allure of it is such a double edged sword because sometimes it's so great and sometimes it's so not. You know, Valentine, I never told you that something that I got from your store actually saved my life. Oh really? It's, what was it? It was that uh, that glass uh, bottle, the water bottle filled with fog. Um, someone tried to kill me, and it broke into fog, and I was able to escape. It was it was amazing. Oh, wow, I never thought this that would actually happen. That one of my items would be useful. That means you get this sticker, and it's a sticker that says Valentine saved me. And put that on the back of your wagon or something. Oh, I will. I take it. All right, so. I've been looking at some of your catalog here, Valentine. Zippy mm-hmm. will address the finances later. I've been looking at your catalog, and I think I've got three things here I'd like to take. Uh, you have this cap of water breathing for 200. Uh, oh, well, for sure. Just, Very stylish. Yeah, it allows you to uh, breathe underwater. There's uh, this wind fan. Is that what it does? I didn't know that. Uh, there's this wind fan that. that allows me to, uh, if I flap the fan, to cast gust of wind... Really, twice a day. Uh, and uh, this other one here, uh, Ryzen's Tear, uh, says uh, I'll, I'll get a point of inspiration. I feel inspired every morning. Cutting out the middleman, eh, Darian? Well, bardic inspiration and divine inspiration are a little are a little bit different. I still appreciate both. Well, you know, I guess you could say my voice is divine, but maybe not the same thing. I understand what you mean. So I'll take those three, and you know what? For the hell of it, I'll do a void pull. Void chest. You know, if you want tears, I do have a jar of them. Uh, I'm going to pass on that one. You didn't even look at it! Yeah, that's alright. Oh, uh, one other thing. This is for the team. Uh, I think I'm going to take this package of uh, of Rocky walk- uh, walkie- Talkies. You mean the Walkie Rockies? Uh, the Walkie Rockies. I'm sorry. It's, it says on the little description card here that allows you to communicate through the rocks at great distances. 
Ooh, that's yeah, so check cool. it out. Check it out. I grab one. Hey, uh, coming in. It's Valentine. You hear me? Uh, I, I can hear you. We, we are that's still in this. Works. We are still in the same room. I wouldn't hold them uh, too close to your head, though, because you might get curses. Um, <laughs> good to know. I, I take the three and I toss one to Zippy and one to Norman. Ooh. Uh, that also came out of the budget, by the way. So that's uh. Where, where, uh, we're down to not a lot. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. So I'll take that uh, void, that void chest pull. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Reach in. Ooh, this one's nice. This is a vaguely human-shaped earring. <laughs> <laughs> it's only vaguely though. It kind of looks like it has arms and legs. But it's an earring. You wear it on your ear. <laughs> but that's not all. It also mutates. You specifically into an unrecognizable mess whenever you cover the earring up. What? <laughs> okay, so from Seth, how does that play out? Like an unrecognizable exactly mess? Exactly how it sounds. <laughs> Okay, so how this would play out, I suppose, is that you would, if you cover up, say you wear like a bag on your head or something, you turn into an unrecognizable mess. So I'm just going to assume that means Cronenberg blob monster human thing. Oh. Oh, like a, oh, gosh. I thought it meant like a mess of like clothes or tools or something. So it's like. No, that would be recognizable. Ah, yep. That would be a recognizable mess. This is unrecognizable. <laughs> you turn into something nobody's ever seen. That's interesting. You know, that's the way it goes with the void chest, Darian. It's a bit of a that is take. the way it goes. It's true. I I do still have this razor covered with human skin. Ugh. Man, what's with you and all the human stuff? I know. I had the exact same thought as soon as I pulled it. All right, we'll pull one more. Oh, one more. Oh, oh my! Oh my! Um, you sure you want you want to don't don't want to reach in a little deeper? I'll okay. I'll reach in a little deeper. I'm kidding. You get this one. <laughs> not not many good stuff coming from the chest today, boys. Uh-oh. This is a bulky wheel of cheese that makes you look good whenever someone is getting inappropriate. <laughs> What's the heck? <laughs> So let me get this straight. If I'm holding this bulky wheel of cheese and mm. someone across the room is getting starting to get busy with it or getting all hot yep. and bothered, they'll mm. see me and they'll think I'm way more attractive than the person they're currently with. Yes, exactly. That is one way to mess up a sex party. That could be... That one has some uses. Guess you could say you were wheeling and dealing. <laughs> so, okay, I'm- I've got an earring. Okay, well, now I've got two earrings, I guess. Do it again, Darian. Third time. Third uh, time's the no, job. I, Do it. I, I have to save. I have something else I need to use this gold for. Uh, can I buy something? Go for it. Okay, I'm curious. That's kind of why I'm here. Okay, I kind of like this black bow. Can you tell me anything about it? It looks, uh, it looks cool. Oh, the black bow. Yes. Uh, so which one you, you want? Yeah, so I have a regular colored black bow. I like it's very fashionable. I'll give that one to you for a hundred. And then there's the black bow, 
which is kind of like it's made of this special black wood. Um, it's a pretty good bow. It's got strong strings, and also uh, whenever you shoot an arrow from it, it turns pitch black and could potentially blind a creature. Kind of boring. There's a regular bow though, and it's black. You know what? The, right the regular bow is definitely speaking to. Oh, you know what? No, I'll take this one. The black bow. All right, that'll be a thousand gold. Cha-ching. I get that, Ooh, and then mama. Except, you know, I'm wondering, could I trade it in? Could I get a bit of a discount for a return customer rate? Uh, no. What? This you- is your second time. Wait, what's the? Wait, what are you talking about? What do you want? I want to get it for eight fifty gold pieces, so I can get something else from your void chest. Make a persuasion oh. check. Go for okay. it. It's gotta be good though. Seventeen. Mm. No, sorry, nineteen. Bad math. Nineteen. Oh, that does make a difference. <laughs> it's very close to twenty. Fine, but you have to buy something from the void chest with the rest. Absolutely. Okay, so I'll get the black bow. I'd like to. I'll take the medallion of thoughts, the wand of magic detection, and then I'll get something else from the black from the void chest. And that's that's oh, wow. running me right up clean to sixteen hundred. Okay. Uh, well, you get all those. Do. Uh, do you want to describe the other ones you picked? Sure. Yeah. So the black bow. Uh, we were to describe medallion of thoughts is a medallion that I wear right next to my Royce medallion, and it lets me cast up to three times a day. Um, well, it has three charges of detect thoughts that I can cast, and the same with this wand of magic detection. I can detect magic around me uh, up to three times a day, but it recharges a one d three a day. Okay, you ready to dive in? Oh yeah! Grab something from the void. Okay. You reached in. What are you pulling out? Oh, oh, oh my. Oh my. That is... Don't tease me, Seth! You're killing me! It's a magic wand. That's what that is. You want to swing it around a little? Alright. It's a legit magic wand? It's a wand. It looks like it's got some magic in it. I... Leviosa! I cast it. No, something else needs to happen with it. Oh, yeah, you have to sing a sad song when you use it. Oh. Try it out! Jezebel. The saddest song. No song can tell. A lesser demon spawns. What? (laughs) A demon? A lesser demon. What? (laughs) So, wow! That happened. Uh... Could you uncast it quickly? I don't want a demon in my shop. Uh, yeah, yeah, return. Pokemon, I choose you. Oof. It zaps back into the wand. Wow. Okay. Um, so that's clearly a wand that when you sing a sad song, it conjures a lesser demon. What the heck? Does it, does it obey me? Yep. What? The void chest is king. Okay, hold on. That's crazy. How much How much can I get if I return these other void chest items? <laughs> wait, wait, you only pulled the earring, right? Well, I have the earring. I also have the bulky wheel of cheese. And I also have the shaving razor covered in human skin. 
All together, that'd be... I'll give it to you for a hundred gold. I'll take those off your hand. That's exactly what I wanted you to say. I will take that and I will pull the void chest one more time. <laughs> you guys are crazy! <laughs> hey, Zippy, okay, isn't this crazy? The whole first episode of season two is just gonna be this dang chest. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> Please. Something. <laughs> oh. What is in your hand? It's small. And fuzzy, but not fuzzy. That's a ghost hamster! <laughs> <laughs> that ghost hamster, specifically, I can already tell, I've seen one of these twice before. This ghost hamster conjures 1d4 cupcakes whenever you take damage. Yes! <laughs> I love it! That's a good hamster to have. Okay, hold on a second. Uh, I'm going to take out one of my daggers and just kind of like cut my hand a little bit. So I take a little bit of damage. Okay. And, uh... Do I get the cupcakes? One second. Three cupcakes appeared in your hands. That's crazy. Uh, can, I I, can I have one? Can I have one? Sure. Mmm. Is it what flavor is it? Vanilla. Mmm. Looks oh, like oh, it. Oh. Couldn't you tell with your tongue? You're tasting it. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ooh, rainbow confetti. Clearly, that is a vanilla cupcake that uh, healed you two points of damage. Oh, that's amazing. That actually is amazing. Right. I'm, I actually, I'm satisfied with this. All right. Um, well, I'm all done here. Zip, what do you want? I've been patiently waiting. Oh yeah. Yes, this catalog is very nice. Word document, you say? Yes, I'm, I'm patenting it. It's, it's kind of a f editable scroll. <laughs> I call it a word doc, <laughs> for short. All right, there's three things I want, and you better give them to me. Okay. <laughs> for half I'm scared. For I'll give you whatever you want. For half, don't for half the price. Uh, you—you <laughs> uh, you could roll a persuasion on me if you want. <laughs> We're your best. Or customers. intimidation, if that's more your speed. Oh, uh, you've been kind to me. I'll be kind to you. For now. <laughs> for now. Um, talk to me about this carpet of flying. Like, how much weight can it hold? Hmm? The carpet of flying? It can hold a lot. <laughs> what is that? It can hold exactly hmm, 200 pounds. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, I'll take that one. Okay. That's a flying carpet for all you people that can't have eyes in my world. You could speak the carpet's command, word as an action to make the carpet hover and fly. It moves according to your spoken directions, providing that you are within 30 feet of it. 30 feet of it. That's what the tag says. Multi-purpose. All right, cool. Um, what's the command word? Carpet go. All right, I, I made that up. <laughs> the carpet starts like flying around in the shop. You're my friend. Obey me. It kind of like does a little dance, and then it wraps around your arm. I start pulling a thread out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Obey me. It, it, it silently screams. I don't but need it looks any like it's in pain. these impromptu dances. You dance when I tell you to dance. It like nods. <laughs> Holy! <laughs> and like and like a single like piece of dust that is in the shape of a tear falls off it. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. I would also like the elixir of truth. For those of you Ooh. at home. The elixir forces the individual drinking it to say nothing but the truth for 10 minutes. Uh, they are compelled to answer any questions put to her or him in that time. 
but with each question, him or her is free to make a separate DC 13 will save. If one of these secondary saves is successful, they don't break free of the truth, uh, compelling enchant enchantment, but also doesn't have to answer the particular question. Hmm. No more than one question can be asked each round. You get two uses of that bad boy. Straight up truth, ten minutes. Alright, what else you getting? Alright, alright. Um, the last thing I want is the bottomless bucket. Ooh. Those who don't know, this bucket is almost like a pocket dimension like the bag of holding. Except, it holds liquids. Uh, it can fit an entire lake's worth of water right in the bucket. And other liquids too, but I think the maximum is, is a lake's worth. Um... So I'm thinking things like Gatorade or, or um, you know, elf juice. Um, you know, every you time know. we we succeed at combat, you know, you dump like the Gatorade on the coach. <laughs> Sippy's gonna run up with the bucket and just be like, "Good job." <laughs> um, yeah. So I'll take the. You never know when you need this bottomless bucket. So I'll take that one too. Um, All right. How much is it for the for the random chance thing? It's 150 gold. No, sorry, I'm not a I'm not a crazy gambler like all of you. You all have problems. I I respect. Do that. it. I'll, do it. Oh, Zippy. No. Nope. I am gonna keep my hundred gold, and you never know when someone's gonna need our help on the street. Like me. Next time you find me, <laughs> you can help me by giving me more gold. Alright, well, thank you for your shop, uh, your patronage, or uh, I guess that's the wrong side, we gave you our patronage. Thank you for your supplies, uh, Valentine. Well, uh, I'm sure we'll see you again, I guess? Oh, probably. The chances are super high for that. Not that, not in a creepy way. <laughs> it's just you're my favorite and only customer. <laughs> and only. That's, um, you know, that makes sense. I, I get that. Um, Don't I... Don't go getting any curses now. I put the stuff I got in my backpack and, well, that can fit. I hang the bucket off the left side of the backpack, and then I roll the blanket uh, onto the strap on the top of my backpack. So right. it looks like a traveler's backpack. It does. It really looks like it now. I uh, saw I, that everyone else started walking ahead of me, and I catch up to them. I uh, <laughs> have all my stuff equipped now as well. Um, okay, Come so again soon! And you leave, and you're back in the streets, and the wagon starts pulling you off into a separate alleyway. Okay, so you're back in the Poker Rock streets. Awesome. I is there a a blacksmith nearby? Uh, you could ask somebody. Uh, you, um, dwarf sir, <laughs> is there a is there a blacksmith nearby? What are you asking me for? Wait, what are you asking? What do you you want a blacksmith? Is that it? Yes, that's that's exactly what I asked for. I'll play along. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, this is a blacksmith. We're all blacksmiths, kind of. Is all right. Is there like a shop? You want a shop? Yes, of course. Okay, shop, sure. Yeah, okay, okay. No need to get whatever you're doing. Okay, you can go into the mountain. Is that that's where all the forges are. That's where the Tatara forges. That's where. That's where all the shops and and blacksmithy things are for sale. What's the Tatara forge? That sounds really important, or else you wouldn't have mentioned it. That's so true. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> It's kind of like the crown jewel of Poker Rock, if I'm being honest. It's, it's what allows us to work with white steel. 
Yeah. What's white steel? You wouldn't have mentioned it if you didn't want me to ask. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this guy again. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, white steel. Let me tell you about it. Okay, so white steel is is this metal that was previously unusable until we used the Tatara Forge. Um, but the heat coming from it is so intense it allows us to, you know, mold it and shape it. White steel is kind of the, the sharpest and most valuable steel in Ohm. It must come with some sort of curse, though, right? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh. We haven't used it long um, enough. Did you find the Tatara Forge recently? Nope. Do you want me to tell you the whole lore about the Tatara Forge, I guess? Yeah, did you find it in the mountain? Yeah. All right. So long time ago <laughs> is when Svend, the Forge Father, found and developed the forge, the Tatara Forge. So, long ago, when the first dwarves were digging into the earth, they managed to awake a slumbering Afriti named Tatara. Tatara, an Afriti is kind of like a demon fire genie. Really stupid. Anyways, Tatara started flooding the mines that the dwarves had made with fire, making it impossible for them to dig any further and get any more precious metals. A huge problem for Pokorok. But one day, a young dwarf named Svend developed a special suit of armor that was able to withstand the fire from the Afridi, and he ventured into the mines to speak with Tatara. Tatara was impressed when the dwarf showed up, and he was like, how the hell did you make it here and get through my fire? How are you alive? And the dwarf said that Afridi's flames were too cold, and that the suit of armor that he made was enough to handle his stupid candle-like flames. Tatara laughed and said that this was impossible, but couldn't help but be curious if it was true. The dwarf then challenged Tatara, saying that if he was able to if he wasn't able to melt through his armor, <laughs> then he would be rewarded with a wish. Because Afridis can grant wishes. Tatara agreed, and then started to blast the dwarf with blue flames. But still the dwarf was able to withstand the fire in their armor. But again. Svend insulted the Afridi, comparing his flames to just, you know, ashes, just a coal on a campfire. Tatara then blasted Svend with white-hot fire, the hottest fire that anyone's ever seen or mustered. It took every ounce of Tatara's power, but still, somehow, Svend was able to stand there unscathed in this armor he made. The Tatara gave up and asked what Svend's wish would be. Sven said that his only wish was that Tatara and his flames would be imprisoned in a forge so that the dwarves could use his heat to work with metals that were previously unable to be worked with. Tatara was furious, but he lived up to the bargain and became trapped like a genie in a lamp, but it's a genie in a forge. So now, that's how the Tatara Forge was born, and its white-hot flames allow us to make white steel and so forth. And that's kind of the whole lore about that forge off the top of my what head. What the heck? That was amazing! I want to break the genie out of the lamp. I have this magic carpet. I'm seeing a theme. Maybe. Whoa. <laughs> that's, that's like a movie. But anyways, after that, uh, Sven became back a hero because the Afridi, or Tatara's flames were, you know, it cleared the mines so they could go back into the mines to work. And then Sven was named the Forge Father for doing this. And he was the leader of Pokerok for many years until he died like we all do. What happened to Sven's armor? His armor? Yeah. Oh, it's still in his, it's, well, it's buried with him now, but uh, 
Nobody could figure it out. It just looked like ordinary armor. Nobody was ever able to figure out the secret, and he wouldn't tell anybody. But it's buried with him right now. Hmm. That seems... Where? Grossly inefficient. Where people get buried. Where's that? You know, graves. You know, graveyards. Where's the... Cl- where's I'm the kidding. It's, it's kind of like a tomb. It's a tomb in the mountain. Okay, it's way down. Can you show us the way? I kind of got a shift. I've been talking to you for a while. <laughs> I kind of get to work, boys. No, we, we appreciate it. One, one last question. How can we get into the mountain? And also, we're looking for transportation. Is that where we would go for that as well? Yeah. So, okay. Get into the mountain. You see those big doors? Yeah, that. For transportation, uh, we do have some motorized scooter mechanical things. Uh, that have been developed. Uh, they're kind of in the rough works, but they're kind of like a car, and they get them around. Those I'm meaning. Kind of I'm thinking recent. more continental transportation. He means a flying ship. Airship. Not necessarily. I want to see what our options are. A flying flying ship. ship. Are you Darry, serious? What's going to beat an airship? Airships are the best. A land train. Oh. Land train. Yeah, I think they're developing one of those two here. But you must have heard of crazy old Aesop's air thingies. Yeah. That dude's a nut. I don't think he's ever going to do it. But if you want to see him, if you really want to hear about his airships and stuff, make your way into uh, the mountain. And then uh, once you get to the statue of Svend, uh, just keep going down the stairs. And then when you get to the bottom, take a left, pass the bathrooms, and you'll get there to his workshop. It's kind of in a remote location. All right. I appreciate it very much. Well, um... Sorry for holding you up for your shift, uh, but good luck. Dude, doing I am... I, honestly, I mean, who isn't 10 minutes late for the shift every time? Am I right? Just me? Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, anyways, have a nice day. Uh, hopefully you'll learn something. And welcome to Poker Rock. Hey, thanks. What, what was your name? Uh, my yeah. name? Rory. Rory. All right, Rory. Thank you so much for the hospitality. Hopefully we see you again. Where do you work? Hey, no worries. Where do I work? Uh, I don't want to What's say. your stat block? <laughs> I may not look like it, but I'm an ECE worker, okay? I work with children. Aww. Oh, that's very commendable. Thank you. All right, thank good you. luck. All right, thank you. I mean, I'm teaching the next generation. I'm a hero. You know, they say that that job is in high demand these days, you know, but... uh, It's not. I got a bad salary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And he uh, goes off in the distance. Let's uh, head into the mountain. All right. You head through the streets, and same old deal. Uh, you actually catch the tram system, and it leads you right up to the doors. And when you're riding it, uh, Darian, you're pretty fascinated by all the mechanical cogs mm. turning. Reminds you of some of the Mechano stuff you've seen. Um, but uh, it, it's definitely different. It's more. It's not as advanced as whatever the Mechano sword you have and on those parts were like. But you make your way up, and the, it pulls up to the station at the front of the doors into the heart of Pokerock. And uh, you guys get off, and you see there's there's some guards there, but it, it's pretty open. It's kind of like a marketplace. Like you just go in, and then you know, get your goods or your medals or or your pop rocks and stuff like that. And it's really hot in here. Yeah, you can feel the heat just emanating. It, it feels quite a lot hotter. Zippy, you especially uh, feel extra hot because all your fur. I'm not even wearing pants. Uh, do I see like a somebody else got a, like a shop or like a forge? Something nearby. When you walk in, uh, you don't see anybody actively using forges. Those are kind of deeper in the mountain. But the goods that they've made from them are at this level. And there's lots of just stands where people are kind of like peddling swords and, and other armors and things like that. 
Okay. Um, I just go up to a stand uh, quickly and say, I am. Um, I'm looking at getting a custom job done on something. Uh, where's the best place to go? So you go up to a female dwarf, uh, and they just start saying, "Um, hmm, you're looking for a uh, custom job. What, what, what are the specs we talking?" Uh, I would like to look at repurposing this into uh, into a blade, and I hold up the tooth that we got uh, from the cube. Bone weapons, huh? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. You're going to have to see Pierre for that. Pierre. All right. I'll, uh... Go. Yeah, he's about uh, six booths down. He's he's settling some of his, his kind of makeshift weapons. All right, so I uh, I run down to Pierre's booth real quick, knowing that we got to, you know, make time for that airship. So I, I just run to Pierre, and I say, uh, excuse me, are you Pierre? Yeah. <laughs> I've heard you um, specialize in, in kind of more makeshift weapons. I uh, scavenged this ancient uh, tooth um, from it. It's, oh. a long, it's a long story, but I'm looking at trying to repurpose this into some kind of dagger. Do you think that's something you could do? Uh, pretty much, yeah. All right, what what would it take? Uh, 500. I'm sorry, 500. That seems a little unreasonable, wouldn't you think? If you want one of Pierre's pointy things, you got to pay the price. <laughs> I'm bringing you the materials, though. There should be a discount amount for that. Yeah, it is discounted. Ooh, there's a guy who knows the value of that- his products. You know what I'm saying? You know, Darian, that's the way it works. You know, you know, like you go for brand, brand name, and, and top quality. You're, you're gonna pay. Tell you what, if if you don't have the gold right now, you can leave it here. I'll make it for you, and you can pay when you get back. That's um mm, steep. All right, um, one second, and I turn to the guys. All right, look, this was supposed to be a gift, um, zip, but uh, I assume it's going to be a little more expensive than I thought. Um, I was going to look at getting you the, this tooth made into a dagger, because I know this is something you were interested in earlier. Um, but it's going to cost a little bit more That's than so I sweet. expected. Um, okay. As, are you interested are you a- in that? Are you asking for my $100? I'm asking if that's something you want. I've only got 200 gold, and so... I don't know, Darian. It's just... I just wish you a bit more fiscally responsible, you know? <laughs> you know I saved more money than you did, right? Before you want to get all sassy about it. I don't it. know. Uh, I just... It seemed like if you really wanted this, you would just put aside more money. It, all right, just... that's fine. You know, that, you're right. I'll just keep the tooth then. I'll, I'll just hold on to it then. Hey, Darian, you know what? We're going to find 500 gold eventually with our reputations and we'll always, there'll always be more money. You might as well leave it here. It's not going to do you any good having the tooth with you now. Leave it here. He'll make something nice. And if we get 500 gold, we can come back and get it later. I'm very reputable. Uh, fine. I slam the tooth down, slam 100 gold down um, and say, do you think I can talk you down to at least four? Persuasion check. You have the inspiration thing. Oh, I do have inspiration. Now is the time to use it. Natural 20. Oh. <laughs> Worth it. Don't tell anyone. Because I'm kind of known for not doing this kind of thing. But I'll do it. 400. Thank you. 
Um, yeah. All right. Yes. Yeah, leave the hundred gold. Leave the tooth. And uh, all right. Let's head off to Aesop. Thank you, Pierre. And you guys leave. And what do you want to do? I think we should head to Aesop, right? Yeah. Let's look at the, yes. the airship. It's the only thing stopping us from looking going after the grand treasure next. Hmm. Zippy, you want right. to lead the way? Yeah. I mean, it's this way. I start walking in the general direction where I think it is. You guys walk by uh, the giant Sven statue. He's just a dwarf and he's holding a war axe. uh, And he has this kind of weird armor on that looks very like steampunky. Just like lots of cogs and tubes going through Mm. it. Which, you know, he probably is the armor that he used whenever he made the forge way back when. Do I recognize it? You go past that. By any chance, like the look of it, have I seen it in... Any books in the Concloud Monastery tomes or anything? History check. Okay. Twenty-two. You have not heard of the armor, uh, but you have heard of that uh, of like the Tata- or Tatara and the the Afridi who like kind of burned the underbelly of their world, or is that what like it, the books were saying about it? Um, so you'd heard of uh, the Afridi, but you hadn't heard of Svend or the armor. Okay. As as we're walking and I kind of see that statue, just kind of conversationally, I say to Darian and Zippy, I say, you know, now that I think about it, I actually, I remember hearing about the Tutari before, back where, where I grew up on the, the Concloud Monastery Islands. Well, that's a, yeah, that's exciting. Um, actually, you know what? In all this heat, um, Darian pulls out his uh, never empty margarita. Uh, and says, oh, well, cheers to Tori. And uh, starts drinking a, a cold one to stay refreshed in the heat. <laughs> as soon as you finish, fills back up. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, was, uh, I mean, unless we're not in the, role, in the mood for role-playing, guys, I just, um, I just basically thought, you know, it kind of adds some credibility to uh, what Rory was saying about this place and how maybe there wasn't a free down there. You know, the Tutari... To to hear about it all the way past Sanguine in the Concloud Islands, it's um, there's got to be a grain of at least a grain of truth to it. Look, there's there's wild magic shit all over this world. I I never really doubted it to be honest. I've seen way more magical things than that. It's a wild world. All right. Do you guys want to keep going to Aesop's? Yeah, let's keep going. All right, you make your way down the stairs, you take a left, you see the washrooms, there's a line for the uh, the ladies' washroom, but no line for the men's, typical. <laughs> and then uh, you keep going, and you get to this little wooden door. It's kind of been just like caves that you've been going down, uh, not really like polished or anything, but you get to a wooden door, uh, and do you knock or do you go in? Uh, well, I, I knock. Okay. You knock, and you hear a loud bang and crash, like something fell over. And you just hear, oh, boy, oh, jeez. Uh, and then scuttling down as a dwarf opens the door. This beardless little dwarf with kind of a bowl cut uh, and, and like these steampunk goggles, like binoculars that are like wrapped on his head, looks at you guys, and he's like, yes, what is it? What do you want? I'm At last. The great Aesop, we finally meet you. We have heard so much about you, and we've been grandly looking forward to this day where we get to see you. If you came to kick me, you're 
you a little late. They already did that this morning. I don't need any more bullies coming into my workshop. I, I trust, trust me, friend. We're being entirely sincere. We have come to po- uh, Rock exclusively to see you and your products of air travel. What? My my airships are being talked about outside of Pokerock? We've heard it from the famous uh, uh, Greta Gilbert. <gasps> Gilbert? Oh. He sends his regards. Oh, come in, come in. Come in, that's fantastic, come in. And you guys enter into the room, and you see it opens up quite large to this workshop, and it kind of turns into a huge hangar. And in the distance, you see this... Two balloons side, this flat topped with kind of these giant pipes coming out the back. It's like it's like a, a yacht looking kind of thing, but with two balloons on the side, and it's probably an airship. And that's where we're gonna take a break. Hey everyone, welcome back to Cheaper by the Dungeon. Here we are together in the very first mid-roll of Season 2. Wow, it's a beautiful thing. My name is Adam, and I highly recommend this podcast. Here are our announcements and shoutouts, so nestle in close and prepare your ears to be washed by my sultry word things. Okay, first off, if you are new to Cheaper by the Dungeon and you're thinking, dang it, this is Season 2? Now I have to push pause, go back to Season 1 and catch up? Don't worry, that is not the case. We love Season 1, trust me, but it had a bunch of sound issues because we were just getting started, and we were new, and while we love it, a lot of it was really bad. At least in the beginning. So we made a super convenient recap episode that summarizes in a really, really funny way everything that happened in season one. If you still want a deep dive into season one, of course, you still can't. And we appreciate it. And we're glad that you're into the story. But don't feel like you have to. We totally understand. Number two, we hope you loved the song that we used to open up this season, season two. We are extremely proud of it. Uh, we wrote it ourselves almost entirely in-house. So we do want to thank so much Francois Goudreau and Secret Level Studios for the final mix and Jacob Goudreau at Jinglebot for the horn arrangements and for helping compose the song itself. If you're looking for song arrangements especially musical like like in musicals and cinematic pieces we highly recommend Jinglebot and if you're looking for a music studio for everything else musical we highly highly recommend Secret Level Studios and they provide all their services online so just google them and you'll find them uh number three season two has begun and we want everyone to hear about it so if you've enjoyed this episode so far feel free to give us a five-star review on iTunes and tell a friend or family member or even show them the song it's really catchy here's a list of all the places you can find us online twitter handle is cheaper dungeon facebook handle is cheaper by the dungeon instagram handle is cheaper underscore dungeon announcement number four we are a bi-weekly podcast that means our next episode is not coming out next tuesday it will be coming out on july 9th seems so far away right tell me about it announcement number five if you're hearing this Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all your support, for giving us a chance, and for joining us on this crazy adventure. This is Cheaper by the Dungeon. Let's get back to the episode. And we are back. Okay, so you guys just entered into Aesop's kind of hangar workshop, and you saw the airship in the back. So, uh, you're friends of Gilbert's, right? Uh, 
You wanted to specifically come here to find me in my airship? That's quite odd. What? Not many people are interested in my work. Well, my fine friend, we recently joined with Gilbert to uh, join in his ever or never-ending quest for a grand treasure, and he said that your airships were the best way to travel the world to acquire them, and he said that your airships alone would do the trick, so we came straight here. Airships, plural, is maybe not the best way to describe it. Maybe just airship. Oh, well, um, even even better. I have had a few airships in the past, but they were prototypes, and they... Did not turn out the best or were usable for commercial airlines. Well, take whatever you got. <laughs> take? Bye. I don't believe I... I don't really intend on selling these. Uh, or this one, at least. We're here to see what we can do about making an airship happen. Just plain and simple. We're here you're the guy to do it. Well, yes, but this is the only working prototype I have, and I'm not just going to let it go for, for anything. Even if you know Gilbert, uh, an old friend, uh, I I don't know. I can't part with it so easily. I need to know your good owners before we even make any kind of airship deal. Show, show them your little fox creature there, uh, Darian. We're good owners. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, Pepper, come here. Uh, the hawk fox kind of just jumps on your shoulder. Oh, that's a good girl. Here you go. And I give her a, a little <laughs> treat. It's a girl. I always thought it was a... Uh, you know what? I shouldn't assume things. No, you shouldn't. Uh, so, Aesop, um, what you know? What would it take to uh, to convince you? Is there is there something we can help you with? Um, you could help me test fly it. That would be a first. I've never actually flown this one. Oh, but I but I think everything's in place. Well, I'd be. Uh, I'm willing to do so if you guys are. Also, some gold. <laughs> well, well, you know what? Let's test it first, and then if it actually works, then we can talk about a price. I agree. Sure. Well, yes. But Aesop, you should know that uh, the three of us not only come highly recommended by Gilbert and sent by him directly, we also are largely trusted or very well trusted by Comb, the new king of Orem. In fact, you can see the three cloaks that we wear were gifts directly from his treasure uh, uh, rooms. These are meant to be for his three most trusted greeters, and he gave them to us because we were responsible for saving his life a few months back. Oh, wow. You're the heroes of Orem? The, the very same. That doesn't change anything. <laughs> we still need to fly and see if you're a good owner. Because I'm not going to let my baby just go without knowing who's, who I'm entrusting it to. But one thing, uh, it's kind of odd that a lapine is this far away from the bramble patch. Usually you only come at the end of the month for supplies. I'm I'm the most adventurous lapine you'll find. I'm on a mission. Oh, well, hats off to you then. I think more of you should leave. You're quite a nice folk. Yeah, I kind of just went up and left. I, I wonder what they think of me. Probably not good things. I guess we'll have to see eventually. If it Foreshadowing. Nice. <laughs> if it's helpful, Zip, we can look at trying to stop by your home later, if you would like that. There's just so much to see in this world, and I've already seen all the Bramble Patch. Now, I don't think they take much kind to you two, either, because, I mean, it's a sacred place. Right, well, if, if you ever the feel Feywild. the need to go back, if you ever feel the need to go back there, just let us know, and, and we can stop by. Well, in that case, why don't we, uh, why don't we test this baby out? I'll drive. <laughs> okay, well, one of you will be needed to be trained as a pilot. Um, 
have any of you flown before? Uh, no, but I I've turned into birds in my time uh, as a as a oh. druid, and uh, in my dreams I've flown and I did pretty good. And uh, um, yeah, I think that qualifies for a good pilot. Uh, I'll raise my hand. Here I am. Uh, that's I've me. uh I've also flown before. Um, mostly more by magical means, not uh, exactly mechanical, but. I've uh, got some good engineering work, so... I, I feel like you'd only say that unless you wanted to fly and you didn't want me to fly, because I think it's... I mean, <laughs> I, I said that I said I'm, I'm the pilot. Are you contesting me, Darian? Well, I'm just... All I'm trying to say is that I'm not saying I don't want you to be the pilot. I'm just saying I also could be the pilot, but you know what? I you think we could all zip. be... I think we could all learn benefit from learning how to fly Unless something would happen to old Zip, eh? Mm, I'm watching you two. <laughs> I can train all three of you in my flight course if if you'd like. It doesn't have to be. I'll let you decide. I no, I like that idea. Let's all train to be pilots, and then we can uh, just in case someone gets in trouble, we can someone else can step in. Another thing, Perfect. Darian takes away from me. Uh, that's, okay. that's not let's what get, I'm trying let's to get do. Practicing. So. Let's go. <laughs> all right, and you, the all of you start moving towards uh, the airship in the hangar. And you see lots of tools and blueprints and everything. It's quite a messy kind of workshop area. It's kind of like Happy uh, Days montage, as we learned. Yeah. I, uh, I pick and up a wrench. You pick up a wrench. What is this? That's not a wrench. <laughs> <laughs> Zippy. <laughs> oh, it's not. What is this? It's a hoosboogle. A hoosboogle? What's that? You use it to, tr- to tighten the wads. Oh. Oh, how innovative. Mm-hmm. Very fantasy. <laughs> What's this? I pick up the next thing to the right of it. That's a wrench. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Boring. All right. Train me. That's just used to tighten bolts, if you were wondering. <laughs> oh! Kind of just regular uh, wrench things. Um, And as you keep going, he kind of describes the airship a bit more to you. And he's like, so first thing you'll need to know is that... uh." The whole basis of this airship, it, it runs on air elementals trapped in balloons. Yeah. Very dangerous. But they're happy in there, and I've tamed them, and they're trapped. But uh, there's kind of some cool stuff you can do with that. Uh, because of that, the tubes connected to there uh, can be adjusted so you can change your course midair. Also, if you are so inclined, you could uh, drop some of this. And he holds up a little glowing blue tube. And he says, you can drop this. This is a cedar line, and you can drop it into the balloon chambers when you press uh, or close the back kind of valves. And then it could let the air pressure build in the balloons and let off in a big burst of speed so you can get from places very fast or escape danger. Not not that you'll be in any danger ever in the skies. Anyways, uh, as you can see, it's it's kind of a nice wooden... And as he's describing the airship more, just before you're about to get on, you hear a siren go off. And it's like an alarm siren. And you just hear it echoing through the caves. And Aesop is just like, Oh no. Boys, we need to leave. I draw my bow. You prepare for a fight, Norman. Do the rest of you prepare? Yeah, I draw my sword. I draw my, my carrot peeler. <laughs> you should have grabbed the wrench and stuck with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Guys, uh, it's kind of a poke rock thing, but, uh, you know, every every couple weeks or so, uh, the, the brood oils come from the deep, like the, the depths of the mines, not the actual deep. They come up and, and try and attack. 
attack. Uh, I'm sure you're very familiar with them in the Bramble Patch. We need to go. Uh, we need to close off the, the hangar before any get in, because that would be a problem. All right, I'm on it. And I start uh, running off towards the hangar door. I used Thaumaturgy to close it. The door closes. <laughs> got it. Um, I got it, Darian. <laughs> oh, well, thanks, Norman, I guess. Uh... Sorry, did you want to do it? You can, you, here, I open the no, door. You, you no, can do it's it. fine. No, it's fine. Stop. I close it. <laughs> you can see sweat is starting to pour from Aesop's brow. And he's just like, oh dear, oh dear. I always get so frightened when they appear. Oh, okay, stay calm, Aesop, stay calm. You can hear the siren is just still going. Uh, there's a little, like, latch on the door that you can open to kind of peer through, uh, like a peephole. Um... But right now it's closed on the wooden door. Aesop just uh, goes into the corner in kind of fetal positions and starts rocking himself back to for- uh, back and forth. You start to hear some screams in the distance. And you start to hear flames start to burn and flare. Um, all of you make a perception check. 17. And that is a natural 20. Plus 2 is 22. Oh, press proficiency 25 total. Okay, no need to brag. We know the nat 20 is, <laughs> is a godsend. Whatever. <laughs> Jeez. I got a 17. Let's make that, sh- that clear, okay? No one cares. Everything pales in comparison <laughs> now. Okay, uh, you look out the peephole, Darian. And you can see all the way down uh, the hallway because you have this 2020 vision, get it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you see some scurrying figures in the dark in the, in the back. But then you see some dwarves in these power armor suits. They, they're like, now there's... Dwarves are usually short, kind of like Zippy's size. Uh, but now these dwarves in their power armor would be on the same level as you, Darian. And you can see them slotting in these gems into kind of a dial thing in the back of their suits. This red gem. And they slot it in, and their arm starts spinning. It's it's like this steampunk suit. Um, and the steampunk arm piece starts spinning really fast, and it shoots like a flamethrower. And you can see as it's shooting flames into the hallway, uh, away from the door, you can see these creatures lurking. They look like hairless lions, but with these two very human-esque arms, like, arcing off the back. And they have, like, two elbow joints, so they can, like, bend and crack very, very... And they're, they're very flexible, but they're, like, arcing over the back. And for the head, it's kind of this big, bulbous orb that has no eyes or nostrils or anything. It just has this giant mouth with red gums and these two holes on either side of its head that should probably be their ears. And most notably, which Zippy would kind of know from the legends, is that there is this long, oily black tongue that is constantly dripping this black fluid onto the ground. You can see that they're, like, kind of screaming and scurrying back into the caves from where they came. But uh, the the power armor dwarves are kind of pushing them back into the darkness. So that's what you see, Darian. But also because you got a nat 20, you in- immediately hear some rattling over in the corner of the hangar. 
Fellas, I got some bad news. There's some really gross things out there, and I've got a feeling that one of them just made it inside. And I start heading towards the corner. I say we run. No, no corner. Run. This is bad. We have nowhere to run. We're currently trapped in this room. Run around. We run around. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Seth, I don't. I don't know this. I don't notice this thing in the corner. I think all of you would have noticed the the rattling noises. It sounds like something just like fell over. In okay, the I start pinwheeling to get a different vantage point. Like if Darian's walking straight towards it, I'm gonna like maybe take ten steps to the left and just keep a bead on on the corner with my bow. Oh boys, be careful! I may have forgotten to lock and lock the kind of below hatch. Oh no! I don't think they would have been able to crawl from there though. They'd have to be quite small. But be careful! And he kind of, like, hides underneath a desk in his workshop. Knowing our luck, it definitely is one of these things. You guys keep circling around this um, noise in the back of the hangar. Uh, you're kind of making, like, a V formation as you move towards it. And sure enough, there's, like, a pile of boxes and parts and wrenches that lead down this little kind of circular stairway that leads to a lower part of the hangar where there's probably more just parts and storage and you see just on the ledge of the stairwell a big hairless lion-esque paw grabs the ledge and another and then these two humanish hands grab the ledge and up comes this monster called a brood oil Roll initiative. Oh, oh boy. Freak me. Okay, things are going well. That is a uh, 21. Uh, I got a, a 11. Okay, what'd you get, Normandy? Four. That's pretty bad. That's the worst out of all of you. I can <laughs> guarantee <that. laughs> Right now, the brood oil lunges to the top floor of the workshop on the same level with you guys and starts slowly moving its way up. It's kind of jerking its head, trying to get an, an like a sound reception of, of where you guys are uh, since it has no eyes. Um, but Darian, you are up first. Uh, and so behind it, it crawled up some kind of pit? It crawled up the circular staircase that leads to a lower level of the hangar. Okay. Yeah. Um... In that case, seeing it uh, come up, I'm going to draw my blade, and actually I'm going to pop in the Tinder Soul gem, and I'm going to try to grapple and stab it with the with the roots that shoot out of it. I believe I have to make a, a save. dexterity saving throw. They are good at those, but not today. I don't think a ten beats your save. It does not. Um, it's a fail. Your sword just splits apart and the roots grow out from the hilt uh, with, you know, the pieces of the blade on the ends of the roots and it just moves like a snakes and it just entangles the brood oil, cutting into its hairless flesh. Very hairless. Roll damage. Uh, that's going to be 18 damage, and it's now restrained. Whoa. It lets out a, a, a scream, and it fills the hangar. Uh, but it is restrained and kind of 
held in place by the roots of your sword. Norman, time to test out your new bow. I will as soon as I can, but I got a feeling I'm going to be quite a bit later than everyone else. <laughs> Is that all you're going to do for your turn? Uh, yeah, that's that's my action and bonus action. So, so next up is the brood oil. So they're going to try uh, and escape this. Does an 18 break it? Uh, yes, it does. It, does. <laughs> okay. it takes itself. It starts kind of adjusting trying to get the roots loose and then just kind of stands up on its back legs and spreads all the like its front paws and its back arms and it breaks the roots and snaps them away the roots recoil back to your sword uh, kind of like they're scared and and wounded a little bit because they got shattered and now it's time for their next action they They are two actions uh, yeah dog what these ain't no jokes they were the plagues of the Bramble Patch for years, for good reason. The brood oil, still on its back hind legs, takes its long, inky black tongue out of its mouth and lets it drape. It drapes all the way down to its knees. And it just starts spinning it around and flailing it, spreading this oil everywhere. Everybody make a deck save. Okay. That's a 19 from me. The frig natural one. Oh, <laughs> you need a new dice, man. A new die. This is a new die. <laughs> oh my uh, I got a uh, thirteen. Okay, uh, Darian. Seeing the, the the oil coming your way, you hop away from it, and uh, you're fine. Uh, Zippy, however, you get some on your feet. And you slip and fall prone. Uh, you're flat on your face now, so you have to use some movement to get back up. Uh, Darien, Normandy, however, you really didn't see this coming. The oil from the tongue gets right on the floor by your feet. You start trying to scuttle away, but you slip, and you're slipping and sliding like a figure skater. And for a second, it's majestic, but you got a natural one. So you hit your head on the corner of a table and just fall to the floor. You take... Three damage. <laughs> I'm going to cast Hellish Rebuke as a reaction. <laughs> sure. I'm going to say, motherfucker, okay. cocksucker. <laughs> you basically stub your toe, and then you just like, ah, come on, flames. Okay, so I'm going to do 2d10 uh, uh, fire damage, but they get to make a dexterity saving throw for half the damage. Yeah, that's right. Nine. Okay, wow. Okay. My, my, okay, they fail. Yeah. Um, 14. Okay. You did 14 yeah. damage with that? Okay. That's going to be actually 28 damage. Whoa! The brood oil is engulfed in your flames from the hellish rebuke. And to no surprise, the oil on its tongue is very flammable. and was also just like wailing about. And its tongue just catches fire and it starts freaking out. That's why you did double damage. It's so weak to fire. And it seems like the flames are just going up its tongue and then into its belly. It's just fall to the floor and is rolling around and, like, beating its chest to try and put it out. It it recoils a bit and moves back a few more feet from all of you. But it seems like it did not like what you just did. Zippy, you're up. I kind of just want to lay on my face. (laughs) 
some of the a little bit of the oil is just getting really close to entering your mouth. Ugh. Ugh. Ew. I lick it up. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> no, I lick it all up. Do you want to do no. that? Um, it's okay. just very traumatic to see these creatures. I've I've only heard stories about them, but. <laughs> I'm, <just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to use uh, my flame sword, the flaming blade. Ah, yes. And sl- uh, slash at the oil coming towards me. Okay. And do you want to get up from being prone? Yeah. So I get, I get up from being prone. Uh, hold my hand up in the sky like I'm trying to reach for someone. No one comes. Okay. Oh wait. It's the flame blade, my true friend. Shing! <laughs> the flame blade. The frame blade. The frame blade appears. The frame blade. The flame blade appears. It appears in the palm of your furry little fist. You hold it high, like a hero. And then I slash at the oil. Okay, I'm gonna make you make just kind of an attack roll on the oil. Just to make sure, because since you were lying face down in it, your fur is kind of coated, like half coated in the what? soil. No, it was coming towards my mouth. Well, yeah, it was like it was like it was getting higher. It wasn't coming towards you. It was like getting oh, higher. See. You like slipped on it. How about I do an athletics check where I jump and slash? I have some springy legs. Sure, I'll give I'll give that. There must to be you. some okay, sort. Yeah, there must in. be some sort of like box in the room or something. I jump towards. In the meanwhile, uh, make an athletics check. We'll see what happens. Okay, I'll give that to you. Sixteen. Uh, you hop up onto one of the. You actually hop up onto the desk that Norman hit his head on. There's a little Norman blood. <laughs> uh, just a little. Uh, and you slash at uh the ground, uh, lighting it ablaze. Uh, Norman, you make a. <laughs> you make a, a dexterity saving throw. Oh yeah, aren't my friends in this in this oil too? Nah, I made it out. Uh, Darian coolly dodged it. Uh, Normandy is just sorry, in. Norman. <laughs> this is dexterity. Fourteen. Yes. Okay. Uh, you seeing Zippy with the flame blade uh, uh, uh. and seeing the damage that your hellish rebuke did, you immediately kind of combat roll out of the sludge and kind of start rolling away, <laughs> uh, leaving a little little patterns and imprints of Norman's body as you go. <laughs> so I'm basically covered in oil. Uh, yeah, you're covered, but you're away from where the flame is just about to going, like to explode. Okay. Zippy, you cut the oil and it lights this path up all the way to the brood oil, and it's just lighting this flame as it goes. Uh, and the brood oil is going to make a dexterity saving throw. And they also combat roll away, following Norman's lead. <laughs> Everybody's just on the floor, stop dropping and rolling away from fire. Brood oil C, brood uh, oil Z, you know? Exactly. Uh, even though they have no eyes. Uh, they roll away because they hear the flames coming, uh, so they dodge the fire. However, you have now lit the hangar on fire. Lots of blueprints uh, and boxes nearby are in flames. Not the bulk of it. Most of that was uh, away from where you're fighting. Uh, but it's still a fire has started in here. Um, quick point of order just from before. Um, I did my damage incorrect on that Tinder Soul gem. 
Uh, okay. So it's actually only going to be nine damage, not nineteen. <laughs> That's a pretty big <laughs> difference. I, I did a I did a, a couple extra dice rolls by accident. I went, and then I went back to double check and it was wrong. So yeah, I can't blame you. You know, it's it's fun to roll. Just keep rolling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna keep rolling, guys. That's fine. Thank you for your honesty. Okay. Next up is Norman. You are prone uh, and further away uh, at this point. You're about 40 feet away from the brood oil. And there's a big wall of flame in between the two of you. There's a wall of flame in between us. Yeah. All of you are kind of on one side of the hangar, and the brood oil is now on the other, and there's a wall of flame in between you. Okay. I'm going to... Am I still prone, or am I standing? Like, did I come to my feet? You're prone. You're prone. I'm going to climb up. So you have to use your movement to get up. Okay, so I'm going to roll to... I'm going to climb up to, like, a kneeling position. I'm going to get my black bow, and I'm going to start pulling the invisible string that as soon as I pull it, the string appears, and I'm going to shoot my black bow through the flames. Hopefully it lights on fire as it goes towards the, the bad guy. What's it called? A, a brood, brood oil. oil. So as, it, as it goes towards the brood oil, hopefully it catches fire and hits him with fire as well. Go for it. Okay. I want this. This to is like a Legend of Zelda too. puzzle where you shoot through a flame. Like, I know. Ice, yeah. ice cool. <laughs> Into the eye to unlock the door. Yeah. <laughs> for Zelda. 19 plus stuff. Damn, you hit it. Boom. And because of your clever Zelda puzzle tactics, I will say the arrow as it flies it turns black as well with a black blow and it flies through and as it passes through the flames it's in there just long enough to catch on fire Zelda style it flies and hits the brood oil straight in the head can you do like a a sound where that happens owie no not from not from him but like a bing or or you know Oh, for the bow. Oh, no, okay. not from the bow. When it hits him in the head. Owie. No, not him saying <laughs> that. Like, what does it sound like? <laughs> oh, I could vision imagine that. <laughs> you guys want to hear more of that? You can subscribe to that picture. Oh, that was uh, so convincing. Level two. Uh, owie. Okay. Oh, it hurts so much. Oh my, you shot a flaming arrow in my skull. Stop it, Norman, stop. This is what the, like James this is, is what here. The, James is a brood oil, it's confirmed. Um, that's an 8 plus 2. 8 plus 2 yeah. damage? And then I don't know if the fire does anything. So if my math is correct, that's a 2. Uh, no, that's a 10. <laughs> and you get... Uh, <laughs> People were like, for a second there, they didn't know if I was joking or not. Um, okay. Uh, but also, when you do that, I have to make a constitution saving throw on a DC of 18 or be blinded. Yeah. Until the wielder of the bow's next turn, right? Yeah. Unless it has true sight. Uh, it did not save. Uh, but it also doesn't have eyes. So. <laughs> so, in that case, it probably is true sight then. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it does. Guys, I totally got the feeling that the black boat would have worked against this thing. But the 10 damage you did, since the arrow was on fire, it was a 20 damage. It doubled it. Yes. The brood oil, 
after having all that sound effects and stuff happen to it, it is in pain. You can see it is uh, bloody, but its blood is also oil. It's kind of like black sludge is oozing from it. Um, but it is not feeling good. Darian, back up to you. Well, seeing how a bunch of the room has gone in flame since dodging out of the way of the oil uh, and closing the uh, gap between me and the beast might be a little difficult. Um, actually, is, is there a lot of flames surrounding the beast specifically? No, it kind of rolled away from them, uh, but now that it's been shot by another fire arrow, there are embers starting to hit the floor near it, and there's black oil starting to pool around it. So, you know, it's in a very flammable spot, and it could be, you know, it could be boom time soon. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, I'm going to keep my distance, and uh, I'm going to draw my bow and take uh, two shots, uh, and whatever shot, if one of the shots hits, I get to add an extra 1d8 to that. Okay. Uh, that did not hit. That's a that was a, a natural two. <laughs> uh, but that holy crap! That's a natural twenty. That's I'm not kidding. What the heck? Wow! Season two starting off with natural twenty. That's everywhere. Third, natural twenties, natural ones. What more do you want from this? That's episode? my third natural twenty this episode. What the heck? Yeah, stop. Okay, <laughs> please. <laughs> um, but that's still um, so. Come on, based. Oh, you gotta be kidding. It still only rolled a three for damage on the die, so it's six uh, plus three damage, and then plus my extra uh, four. So that's going to be 13 damage. Okay. And since you got a natural 20, something fun's going to happen. So for those first-time listeners, you know most shows have natural 20s do double damage or, or something, and yes, that could happen. Uh, but usually we like to mix it up in that when a natural 20 happens... Something good damage-wise will happen, but it might be in a different way. Darian, you see the brood oil, but you also see above it is some equipment hanging by chains from the ceiling of the hangar. And you aim up, and you see specifically a chain that is connected to the airship uh, is kind of dangling, trying to just keep it in place. And you shoot the top latch of the, of the chain that's connected to the ceiling, and it strikes the latch snapping it and this giant chain falls from the ceiling and slams into the brood oil below also um, dosing all the fire no worth <laughs> 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 a shot maybe three more natural 20s we'll see <laughs> might happen <laughs> this giant chain comes down from the ceiling and smushes the brood oil and its face is just split open like a watermelon. Whoa. Uh, and black sludge oozes everywhere, and you have killed the brood oil. Guys, there's a lot of fire. <laughs> we need to put this out right now. There is a lot of fire. There is a siren still going on in the background. And Aesop comes up to you now, seeing that the danger is averted. And it's like, what have you done to my workshop? How big is the fire? Like, like square feet. It's starting to spread. Uh, it's currently about 20 square feet. Okay. I'm going to run in between the fire and the airship. Okay. And make sure that I'm at least, well, you tell me if I can do this, 15 feet away from the airship. Okay. And I'm going to face towards the fire. And I'm going to say, guys, back away. And I'm going to cast Thunder Wave. 
a wave of thunderous force sweeps out from me. I'm imagining like a giant version of blowing out a candle. Okay. I'm going to just make you roll with your spell casting modifier. Okay. Like a d20? Okay. Yeah. Natural 20. Yes! <laughs> you, you're joking. No, I'm totally serious. I can send you a picture. Wait, are you serious? <laughs> That's, That's are you, wild. You're not joking No, right I'm now. totally serious. You guys, I swear, <laughs> I'm going to have you send me pictures of your dice. I, What is going on? I swear to God. Jacob, roll your dice real quick. Just, just do it. There's a 5% chance. Natural 3. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't worry. It just means we're it just means we're burning up all of our luck right Don't now. Don't say that. So by the end of the season, like we're gonna be like we're gonna be scrambling. It's gonna be rough. Man, oh man, you guys. Thank you, Jacob, for keeping the balance. We need, <laughs> we need, we need one person failing. <laughs> um, you, Norman, you move around the fire, seeing what potentially could become a huge issue and destroy your ship and you cast thunder wave with all your might and you kind of direct it usually thunder wave is just an all-around thing but with such determination you you channel it like a shotgun and it just goes out in a cone in front of you and douses and extinguishes the flames uh, with this huge just burst of force and wind. There are some little embers here and there, but all of you get around with like some blankets and like stamp them out, and you have put out the fire. I turn to Aesop, and I say, What did we do to your workshop? We just saved your life. You just burned my workshop. We just killed one of those oil dog things and saved you. What are you talking about? We just put out the fire as well. There was no damage done. Yes, I suppose, but... Oh, please, I can't look at it. Oh, I see it there under the chains. Please remove it. I'm gonna throw up. And he, like, kind of turns away like he's gonna throw up. Okay. Once he's kind of done retching, I kind of... I'm a little lightheaded from that spell, but I say, Aesop, the most important thing is making sure you're safe and that uh, everyone else is safe outside. Are there a lot more of those things, or do the dwarves outside have them under control? They usually have them con- under control, but... Uh, there's been a few instances where it's made they've made their way up here. I I turn to Darian and, and Zippy. I say, what do you guys think we should do? Do you think we should go out there and try to take on some more of these things, or do you think we should hide out here? Is uh, the siren still blaring? It is. Uh, I, I go back to the door and, and look out the slot that I looked up the first time. You don't see any of the, the dwarves in their power armor. Uh, as far as you can tell, they've gone further down the cave to, or, or in the mines uh, to push them back. Um, so they're, they're working on, you know, getting them out. But the sirens just going as a precaution is probably what you're suspecting. It seems they've got uh, most of it under control. Why don't, we, uh, why don't we just wait here for a few minutes and then we'll see how it pans out. Unless you're hankering for another fight. No, I think this is more like something that they're used to. So I think it's best that this is probably a wait out type thing because, I mean, they have those bells for a reason. It must seem like a regular occurrence. That's my thought as well. I I think they've got this fairly under control. I think this was just a little bit of a fluke that our friend uh, ended up in here. Right, right. I think you're right. I hope you're right. I've never seen one in the hangar before, but it's unnerving. Usually they have it under control and... But they've been showing up more frequently. It used to be months, but now it's weeks be- between their the visits. I kind of go up to the creature and kind of nudge its head with my boot. 
and I say, any ideas why they might be coming around more often? And while he answers, I want to get a, a little glass vial and collect some of the oil blood. Uh, you collect the oil. You have a little vial and you bottle it up and you have that in your inventory now. You can just put brood oil blood. Okay. I have no idea. Uh, it could be several reasons. It could be digging deeper in the mines. It could be they're coming from a different opening or someone's leading them here. Maybe something's going on in the bramble patch that's forcing more of them over here. Mm. So just to confirm... Honestly, any of those reasons. Just to confirm, Aesop, so those beasts aren't native to here. They're they're from the bramble patch? No, they're, they're from this general area, like all of these mountains, this mountainous area that Pokerok's in is called the Mountains of Kaseron, and the bramble patch is kind of like a neighbor between that. Um, so some of them end up from the mountains going down there. Hmm. Uh, but I don't know. The mountains are a large place, so it could be any reason. Right. So it just seemed kind of odd that a, a beast that seems native to kind of a more hot and fiery temperate seemed so susceptible to the flames. Seemed like a bad, uh, mix from nature there. I know. They, uh, I don't know why they started showing up. It, it does seem odd, especially after the whole... Tatara Forge birth and things like that. Is but. Darian, is there any chance, or even Zippy, do you have any idea of the origins of these things? Is it possible that they're not a natural species? Could they have been made by some magical means of some kind? Look, I'm only, I'm only, I'm a, I'm a young rabbit. I've only, I've only heard stories of these things. They haven't shown up in years. I don't know. I, I'm not the expert. I try, people don't like to really talk about it in the Bramble Patch. Well, in any event, Aesop, it sounds like a place where these kind of things attack uh, more and more often. Uh, it sounds like your airship, even if it is your only one, is not safe here. It's, uh, it almost sounds like it's a good idea to let us take it out for a spin. Honestly, I need some fresh air. I don't want to be down here. Uh, we should just leave. Oh, I'm feeling sick. Oh, okay. Uh, let's just get on the ship and leave. Even if the side's still going, we'll still get out. Perfect. Let's roll. Oh, I guess fly. We. <laughs> I do have a, a quick question. So while we're kind of like prepping the airship, I just want to quickly ask Aesop. Um, so you said these uh, you have air element elementals in there, and do they enjoy being in there? I I think so. I I throw some bags of wind in there every now. Cast a few gusts of wind, if you know what I mean. Is uh is there a way you can get? kind of close to to see them inside uh no if i <laughs> there is a little latch no. where you can put the acetylene like booster packs in but i would not recommend going face to face with those things can sound travel through can you hear the the air elementals communicate uh to some extent yes all right, you can hear just some rushing wind if you put your ear right close to it. Good to know. Thank you. You all finish prepping the airship, and he shows you around in the tour. Is like, here's the cabin area. Here's the storage area. Here's the area for engineering. Uh, he brings you to the top deck where there's a little kind of just shell of a house on top where the the steering wheel is and where all the valves and levers are to to control and turn the airship. And he teaches you the ins and outs of this technologically advanced vehicle. All of you, as you saw, there was chains connecting this uh, airship uh, from the ceiling. 
uh, and all of you kind of remove those and, and get those off. And he brings you all around to the wheel and he says, All right, who wants to take him for a spin first? I don't want to do it. I am a little woozy, but I can, I can guide you. Go for it, Zip. Uh, all right, I'm in charge now. <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> all Look right, at, I push the lever me. down and step on the gas pedal. <laughs> you crash into the wall. Explosion. Open the hangar Total doors. Player. Let's get out of here. Total party kill. Um, he's like, all right, uh, the hangar door. Uh, Darian and Norman, uh, grab those ropes at the front. The two of you make your way to the front and grab these ropes, which were seemingly just connected to rock. But actually, the rock ceiling is just kind of fakely painted that way to stay obscure. And you pull these ropes and some light shines through and you can see your your it's like the side of the mountain if you were looking from the outside it would look like a little panel on the side of this mountain is opening mm. and it's wide and these cool. hangar doors are opening wide and he's like all right step on the gas pedal <laughs> all right all hands and, uh, to the port no nope, starboard what do those mean oh dealing with a bunch of amateurs <laughs> All right, I um, I I press, I put the lever action lever down, um, and then I put on my uh drunken uh uh straw hat, you know the the alcohol yeah. straw hat thing that I got in episode two was it, and then I go. So you put on the drunkard's hat, which is this straw hat that lets you know the nearest location of any alcohol immediately to you. Um, There's some dwarven ale just in a locker in the hangar. You can sense. And actually, that's it. You hit the, the go lever, and the balloons on the sides of this airship start ballooning and filling with air. And you can just hear, like the air spinning inside and you feel it lift off the ground and it's very bouncy it kind of bounces on the ground a little bit and then Aesop turns to you Zippy and says alright now pull that one and we'll be flying out of here in no time I, I hope alright fingers crossed here I go you pull it down and ka-chunk the back valves extend um out the backside of the airship and air starts to gust from them and you all kind of lurch everybody make a dexterity saving throw oh boy except zippy because you got a firm grip 17 10 normandy you're still not very good with your legs today (laughs) (laughs) and you're like whoa and you fall prone on your back again but you fly out of the mountains of poker rock and it's fast. Darian, you grab onto one of the side railings on the top deck, and the air is flowing through, and the wind is just flying through your hair, and you go out. And you've never been this high or seen the lands of Ohm like this. And you see just how beautiful and lush it is. And you see, as you're going higher and higher, the clouds are coming closer and closer. And you actually break through them. And you all get like 
Okay, well, Zippy and um, and Aesop are kind of in this glass uh, cockpit area, but you two are on the front deck, and you get soaked uh, from flying through the clouds, and you come up the top, and it's not a totally cloudy day, so you can see spots of land, and from here you can see Orem and the walls and the city, and you can see the breathing chasm and the crack-scarred land, and in the distance... You can see the swamps just north of Orem. And nearby, actually, you can see this very wooded and patchy area, which potentially could be the Bramble Patch. And off in the distance, you also see north of you, past the mountains, you see this ruined city. And then to the east of that, you see this foggy land and geysers of water piercing through the fog below. It's like a, a lower layer of clouds beneath your own, and geysers of water are shooting so high that they're actually piercing through the clouds themselves. And you see the world. And it's beautiful. And you all get a point of inspiration! Amazing. That is so sick, dude. Beautiful. We did it. It's working. Oh, it's working. Good job, Zippy. Keep, keep her steady. Okay. Does anybody want to sing a whole new world? <laughs> a whole new world. <laughs> um, as you're up here, Zippy, you get more comfortable with the flights, and you're up here for about 10 minutes, and you're kind of getting your lay of the land up here, and you're just circling around the mountains very slowly and surveying the land. And all of a sudden, everybody makes a perception check. Ooh. Eight. What the frig? Natural one uh, again. And Zippy, you get advantage on this one because it's a hearing. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, just 12. And what'd you get, Normandy? Natural one. I'm too busy ra- ringing <laughs> out my clothes, I guess. <laughs> you're falling on your face. You're deaf. You're bleeding from the head. <laughs> yeah, I guess I got a concussion. Uh, but you did put out a fire. Zippy, even with advantage, you got a 12? Yeah. Okay, all of you keep flying. No, I hate that. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Darren, do you ever get a feeling that something really bad is about to happen to us? Yes. Until all of a sudden... Pop! And air starts flowing out. And the airship starts rocking. All of you are alarmed and shaken. Normandy, make another dexterity save just you to see if you fall over one more time fall over the edge of the flipping boat? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. I'm going to use my point of inspiration right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> gonna... I just rolled a seven. <laughs> okay, do it. So this is still dexterity? Yeah. Okay, ten plus dexterity. F- Fifteen. Okay, you grabbed the railing and you're okay. <laughs> you almost fell over, though. You almost fell overboard. All of you are shaken and and rattled by the clear damage that the airship has taken. And Aesop's like, oh no, what what could be wrong? Oh man, oh, not the bags, not the bags, that's the worst thing to pop. And he runs down uh, to the below decks and you hear him scream and immediately run back and start throwing up. And he's like, Brutals! Brutals are on the ship! And that's where we're going to end the episode. (laughs) No!